Hello everybody and welcome again to another I was going to say enthralling another uh, invigorating what would be a superlative that we could attach I think spirit led <laughs> because that's the only way it's the only way that's the only way that makes it extraordinary and magnificent spirit led that's good Welcome to another spirit-led edition of Chit Chat for the Saints, otherwise known as Saints Radio. We're really thankful to be able to have this time with each of you. And um, we pray the, the most wonderful blessings of, the, of our Father upon all of you. We continue to trust in the covering of the blood of Jesus and uh, that we walk in perfect health and vitality. These are strange days, but where sin abounds, God's grace is much more abounding, and this clash of wisdoms, we are serving the, the ultimate wisdom, the wisdom of our God. Amen? Amen. Had downpours of rain here today, which always makes it beautiful in the sanctuary because... Um, sounds so cool it's like heaven's drum beat coming on those massive wooden uh, this one time i remember early on laying up in the balcony on my back and looking up and i thought this sanctuary from the top down looks like the ark mm. so there you go <laughs> And just like two nights ago, we had this beautiful rainbow that was just over this area. So, yeah, that absolutely has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> but <laughs> talk about the rain, talk about seasons, talk about. Uh, I remember many, many years ago, the first time I heard the rain hitting in here. And this was back when I was an associate pastor in charge of youth ministries and every other step-and-fetch-it job that the, my former boss could find for me to do. And I was coming through the sanctuary, and it just was pouring down rain, and I thought, that is one of the most wonderful sounds. And I just stood there and enjoyed it and have ever since. In many, many countries. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we've had we've had a number of phenomenal episodes of cloud bursts at unique times uh, in various countries. As you said, one of my favorite was when um, we had a, a small team. I think it was uh, Pastor Vicky and Nancy and you and me, and we were we did a number of different things, but we went to Mont Lamar. And uh, that was that was a time where we uh, we met with uh, we really established our relationship with the Benishons in a in a really divine divine moment. But it was on Halloween night, and we had a gathering the next day on All Saints Day at the home of some folks, and that was a really unique time. But at midnight, the the thunder and the lightning hit and it was just pouring down rain and I remember just laying in 
in the bed laughing and how wonderful that was and that was a real gift from the Lord that you could not have scripted or created I mean it was just there and uh, I remember in Nigeria uh, when Paul and I were there and that horrible drought that first time in and it was just you breathed and you were just pers pers perspiration was pouring down because it was you're there on the coast of the Atlantic and it was just hot I mean it was really hot and humid and you, you wipe your face and you just wipe off dirt I mean it was just awful and I remember preaching about voices thunders on a Sunday night and all of a sudden this big cool gust of wind blew through that church and then boom thunder and it started pouring down rain and we could just go through a lot of these I mean the tremendous change the first time we went to, to, to Paris in that horrible heat wave and incidentally we need to pray that the current heat wave will break it's Luke and Sylvie said it was hotter than here yesterday there in Montelimar. But um, I just don't see how that can be. <laughs> I do not understand. This is cannot be. I just don't see how. And I know that it's hot in Florida and in other places in the in the country, but it's just so hard for me to believe that it could be hotter there in France as it is here. Yeah. <laughs> But I believe you, Luke and Sylvie, and I, I feel your pain. <laughs> Remember that time we were in Paris and, and uh, the Colemans were with us? And it was so hot. And we recognized that the staff at the church at Ouija and Emmanuel, they didn't have any fans at all. And we were staying in this little kind of a Motel 6 version of a hotel in France, and we didn't have any fans. And remember I sent out, Emmanuel gave him a couple hundred euros, and I said, go out and buy fans for you and your family and for us. And he went all over town and found fans, and that was like, that was like a gift from God. Good grief. I remember, again, we went to Benin, and it was hot. And I was staying in this room, and I was just glad it was it was clean and concise. There weren't any mosquitoes in there. You know how much I love them. It was so hot. And I brought this little blue fan that was battery powered. And I sat it above the bed and aimed it right at my head. And I thought, oh, dear Jesus, thank you. And then I realized that the rest of my body was sweltering, but at least my head was fine. And... Um, didn't have the hot head. Yeah. Well, we didn't get any rain, though, that time. It got cooler. But I guess what we're saying is talk about times in India, talk about other times in France, or talk about being in Monaco when that huge boom of thunder hit and then it started snowing. That was a classic thing. We were out there on Hercules Pier in, in Monaco. And we were making declarations. And then remember how loud that was? Boom! It was like a bomb went off. And it was, it was, it shook that pier. And then snow. That was great. God is good. 
Yes, he is. Yeah, nice, nice ways. But these things are all indicative of changes in the spirit realm. And we're definitely sensing that ebb and flow right now. Um, you know, it's interesting because I think I told you last week that, you know, you kind of sometimes know when you've met your limit. And I had I felt like I had met my limit and I had to shut myself off from media and from all the voices, at least for a while. And I'm still shut off almost like a fast and yet my spirit is still so engaged in the chaos and in the um, just the uh, the clash the clash thank you that that is happening in the spirit realm I mean these last couple of days have been like uncomfortable and and I know, you know, I'm not reading the news. I'm not, I, I'm not engaging in that at all. I'm not watching television. But my spirit is so sensitive to the, the spirit realm and to the atmospheres and what's happening and um, having dreams and things like that that really, if I'm not careful, could really affect me. I mean, one of the things that I've learned is your spirit is is the strongest part of you I mean it is it's the life source of who you are and should be the driving force of all that you are and then your mind comes into submission of the spirit and God gave you a mind to process and and we may talk about that a little bit today but but then your physical body sometimes responds or might react to your spirit and the warfare, the intercession, and you know that's why. Well, I don't, I'm not going to go down this road, but I'm just saying that I find myself like body, soul, body. What is it? Body, soul, and spirit, completely like intertwined in in this moment where we are and responding. And yet, I also recognize that. As the Lord allows us to endure these things, He's working them. He's working them in and through us for our good, to prepare us. And yet, in the process of that preparation, we find His purpose. Mm. And and I I'm just learning to appreciate the present moment and what He's working in and through me, through all of this. And it's just really such a unique moment because he's teaching us so much. And yet we cannot go forward in that teaching without walking through it with him. And so it's just a really unique moment where I feel like all of my nerve endings, you know, my spiritual nerve endings, my, my emotional nerve endings, my physical nerve, they're all like engaged. And... And, you know, that can be kind of a dangerous thing. But at the same time, I'm completely and totally surrendered. And so I know that he's, he's working in it and through it. And, like, I, I had a really, really um, disturbing dream on Saturday night. 
that woke me up at 3 a.m. and I never went back to sleep. And I knew that I had a choice because it, 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 it affected every part of me throughout into the morning to where I really thought I wasn't going to come to church. <laughs> Crazy is that. And, and yet I realized there was like a moment where I realized I've got to rise above this. You know, I, I've got to rise above this. And, and with his grace and through the spirit, I rose above it and end up, you know, walking through the day and having just a glorious day in his presence um, but it's really easy to allow yourself to be affected by those things. You know what I mean? Is this making any sense at all? Mm-hmm. And to allow them affect you. Um, like for me, what it, when it affects me, it usually affects me in my, ch- in my heart. You can call it my breastplate, but it, I feel like I'm just being closed in in my heart. And it's painful. And, it, and it, it can literally like make me start feeling like I'm sick. You know, sick. Like go into my head and... It's just so interesting how intricately made we are and how we're, we're made so perfectly in his image to be able to function body, soul, and spirit in perfection. But we cannot do that without, first of all, his spirit and, and, and in a lot of ways, his grace. So that was a huge ramble. And I, you don't even know how to respond to that, but I'm just being transparent. No, I'm just I'm just <laughs> listening. Sometimes, sometimes it's so profound that there is no response. <laughs> this is just this is just me learning through a process. I like that one phrase you said at the beginning of this. I'm trying to remember what it was. I should have written it down. Was it the clash of? Was the clash of something? Should I tell him? But see, that's strife. And strife is always a, you know, we think of strife as being um, two people coming after each other. And that is strife. But strife is really the the clash of any two or three different things. And, you know, so you've got that demonic wisdom. And where, where that is... There's confusion, and boy, isn't that true. It's part of the strong delusion and people believing a lie and strife and then every evil work. I'm going to look that up. Um, I I don't mean to bring up a a disturbing topic, but I remember, and I know I've mentioned this before on this broadcast probably, but years and years ago when we we were going through ministers in training here at the church, saints in training, um, we had a library of books that we were given to read in the midst of our training. And one of those books was called Pry- Praying Hyde. And it was about an intercessor. His name was John Hyde. And he was called to India, right? I believe it was India. And the burden of the Lord was so strong upon him that he, and forgive me if I got the nation wrong, but I'm almost positive that it was India. Um I have to go back and look, but so that man would literally go into intercession for seven, eight, ten hours a day, and of course, we're all like new at this and just learning and getting our feet wet and you know beginning to pray in tongues and in diverse tongues and and really learning what it means to receive the burden of the Lord without any understanding of it just receiving it the weightiness of it and and learning how to process it through intercession 
and so all this was just so fresh and new for us we didn't we were doing before we taught mm-hmm. and 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 I remember reading that book and reading the conviction and the devotion and the commitment of this man who was called to intercession and it was so weighty and so heavy and he would fast for days and he would lay on the floor of his room for hours and just make intercession and supplication on behalf of um, the nation. And then he died. And I'll never forget reading that because it was so like startling to me. Like, because when you read the story, and he was a young age, like maybe late 30s, early 40s. And, and of course, back then I thought, that's what I'm talking about. It's like if, if we're not careful, the weightiness of this calling can affect us physically. It's like stress affects your body. You know, it's like the way you process things. But what the Lord is calling us to is in the chaos of all of it to see him walking on the waves, you know, and to walk in that measure where our eyes are so fixed on him and on nothing else that we're not taken back by fear or anxiety or stress or um, any kind of carnal um, emotional kind of response that could affect us in our being and we have to get to that place because we're going to experience tribulation we're going to experience suffering if we believe the bible it's coming and so I, i i don't know if this is a prophetic word or not i'm just telling you get yourself in alignment and, and make sure that whenever you start feeling the effects of the pressures of this world or whatever it is that you're experiencing, um, be mindful of it and come under the submission and the subjection of the Spirit and let the Lord walk you through those things because it's not worth it. Um, to That's how I have to believe that's how the enemy wears out the saints is by creating that weariness um, and I know, I mean, a spiritual burden is, 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 is difficult sometimes, mm. but anyway. Well, that, yeah, that, I remember when we went <coughs> into, uh, Delhi and New Delhi, um, that's up in the area in Northern India where Praying Hyde was and. So it was India. Yeah. And, um. The people there still in the churches, they still regard him as a as almost an icon. Or a martyr. Yeah. I mean, in a lot of ways. I just remember just the feeling of, oh my gosh, he died so young. <laughs> Am I sure this is what I want to do? <laughs> but when God lays that on you and you say, yes, Lord. Yeah. It's good. I, we had no idea. This was not the plan to go this direction. <laughs> it's just, there's just a lot of pressure. And there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of pressure in the realm. Yeah. You don't even have to read the news to sense it. And um, we have to be discerning and we have to be wise. We have to be in prayer. And and we have to believe in the one that we're following and the one that we're serving. And he will bring us through. Because like Winston Churchill said, when you're going through hell, just keep going. 
Yeah. That's such a good that's such a good word. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you see a clash of things. You know, we were talking in after the prayer time this morning and talking about how the Lord had directed both of us to a passage that talked about um, you know, the Lord telling us that we are salt and we are the light of the world and that we are to glorify our Father by people seeing our good works. And um, I think there's a contrast between that good works and what we were talking about in James about every evil work. Because the good works are um, kalos ergon, and ergonomics is um, something (coughs) that is functional something that is flowing appropriately, which is really the heart of the saints. I mean, we want to see restoration. We want to see things function. And if you speak about something ergonomically, that means that it's it's functioning and it's really flowing well. And um, um, and, and it's in conjunction with the kalos. But then when you have strife and confusion in every evil work, that's a different word entirely. That is... Um, Follows, which has a lot of extrapolations that aren't good, and basically it's an evil that is sensual. It's an evil that is just kind of raunchy. But works there is um, pragma, which is where we get pragmatic. And, and that means that you put together a philosophy and a mindset and you adapt everything that comes to life according to that that philosophy you know like most christians know who dave ramsey is well he has a philosophy that you don't go into debt you don't do anything you uh, with frivolous with money that you pay everything off that's that's his philosophy that is the that's the pragmatic approach of dave ramsey and that everything in life you apply that to so when you see this with the enemy who brings uh strife confusion through the wisdom of this world and every evil work you have sensual desires you have filthy desires that become part of a philosophy a dogma and then everything no matter what it is has to fit into that that's the enemy strategy so on the one hand it sure is sure is heck heck is (laughs) i almost said hades but you've got us to do good works of our Father, which is his purpose, and the functionality of them that men will see, and I'm sure women too, and they will say, this is the glory of your Father. And on the other hand, you have demonic wisdom that generates confusion, confusion, delusion, uh, and uh, strife, the clashing of systems, and even the clashing against one another, and um, and this phallos pragma. So you have those two strategies. You have God's eternal purpose, which is a saintly thing, a holy thing, and then you have that being rejected by the wisdom of the de- demonic, and you have how can we institute a philosophy that is not only soulish, not only erotic, eros, but it is just foul. And there are word extrapolations you can go off of from the Greek 
faulas, and you can go from there if you so desire etymologically. But it's just basically a sensual, wicked pursuit, and that's what we see. So how do we counteract that? You, you, you counteract that by being the salt of the earth, operating on the authority God's given, and the enemy can try to take the rainbow, but we have all seven colors, which is the signature of God for this earth, and we proclaim his light, and we declare his, his function. And that's, that's what Jesus says we're to be. There's a threefold there. You have been given an authority for the earth. You are to be a light through the darkness. And you are to establish the function of the Father, which is the recipe for the glory of God being manifested. And people will see that. On the other hand, you got this foul nonsense that's going on. So that clash you're feeling, you wondered how I got there. What you said triggered that, that clash of, I wish I could remember that phrase. I'm going to have to go back and listen to it. I thought that'd be a good title for a book. Um, but that, that clash is the enemy's foul pragmatism and the ergon of the, of the kalos purpose of God. Yes. Those two things clashing. One, the wisdom of God the other the wisdom of the demonic and whose wisdom are you following yeah and so as spiritual intercessors as we sense these things in the realm how do we respond how do we apply such knowledge and understanding how do you respond and I guess the most simplistic thing is to pray. Um, yeah, that's it, that's the lifeblood. To pray, yeah. to pray in the spirit. I mean, to, to really pray in the spirit. And that is God gives you interpretation, declare truth or declare the good, to declare purpose. I don't know. I, I, I just know that prayer is going to be the answer. Yeah. Um. I mean, not even <laughs> prayer and the understanding. Prayer and the spirit until you glean understanding. And then you speak forth. Which is our good friends, Deasis and Prosuke. I just know that God is searching throughout the whole earth looking for one who will pray in this moment. Yeah. So. Well, that's the commune with the Father, and without that, we have no real basis for function. We have no real m reason for being without communing with the Father. You know, it, it's funny. I, I'm with you from like 2 in the morning this morning. I have felt not warfare, but just the presence of that violence that is pressing for who's going to control the kingdom. And it's, 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 it's an awakening. It almost like creates a static. Yeah. But at that time, I... I 
the verse was ruminating in my spirit about depart from me I never knew you and I just began to cry out he wasn't saying that to me you know that business about prophecy and delivering and healing and we did all these things in your name um, I think we're about to enter into a season where the visitation of the spirit is going to allow lots of people to be seeing the miracle power of God and yeah. that's a good thing yeah but there are going to be people who are running around picking up the manna, but they're not going to really be glorifying the God who gave the manna. That's just the way it always is. And I don't want to ever fail to realize that the most important thing is what you just said, for us to be in prayer and for us to know our Father and for Him to know us. Because commune is everything. It is the lifeblood of everything and that's that's a thing that's really to me in my walk the most under attack it's not that I'm not praying it's that I feel the draw of my father and I I want to be sensitive to that and honestly there's sometimes that you you're like Daniel you say what he said I decided to to make an end of the matter <laughs> You just, you just, uh, it's just human. It's not that you're making an end of God, and it's certainly not, I'm not faulting Daniel, but it's certainly not something that we need to do. Even though Jesus got away, he, he said he, he and his disciples went away, you need that downtime, but never from the Father. Well, it goes back to, I think the enemy is trying to wear out the saints. Yeah. And cause us to be weary, and, because it's exhausting. I mean, it, it in the natural, it is absolutely exhausting. It's there's there's no it's it's and it repulses me. It, it repulses me in so many different ways. This this last week or so, I've been. Um, we talked a little bit last week about the young people and about the need for um, just foundational understandings of the gospel, and and so this last seven days, I would say, I've been just revisiting just basic principles of sanctification and about righteousness and about those things that we all talk you know it's just our lingo it's what we live it's what we the process has brought us through but nonetheless it will always be a process and just the reality about like you said about relationship is the foundation of everything that will come through us and that sanctification process, it's like its like there's a difference between being saved and then having, being clothed about with righteousness in the inward parts and, and, or, and, and, and stepping into the process of sanctification where we're not just imitating him. He is in us, working in and through us, and we are becoming like him. And that's such a, it's just, to me, it's such a beautiful process that I think so many of even Christians miss. That they, they think being Christ-like is doing good works and being, acting like him. It's like yeah. the Pharisees. If your righteousness is not better than that of the Pharisees, 
it's like our righteousness has to be so deeply within us where we are actually he is in us and we are through that we are walking in his one you know his vision and i don't know it's just but i think so much of christianity misses that and they they become more like imitators of christ than actually christ-like where they're willing to be pressed and and take the empty hand and walk with him i don't know it's just it's these are just such necessary foundational principles that i'm so thankful god taught us and we we've lived oh amen but do you know how many people miss that right even what you mentioned you know people read that verse that we've talked about three or four times and what you just referenced again and they think good works it's another one of those times where we we interpret things we define things based upon our own emotion or our own thinking they think it's going down to a soup kitchen or giving money for a food bank or going down and combing the hair of the homeless or do whatever it is you're doing and those are philanthropic things i'm not faulting any of those but that's not what good works is that that comes down to i never knew you yeah you're right (laughs) it does because you can do those things just as a token no matter how meritorious your 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 uh, agenda is and it it really doesn't offer anything from you from who you are it's just but but you know there are so many things that we have been privileged to bring into an ergon to bring in a point of function and then to work with the spirit to let it flow so many unseen things that in the natural that are resurrecting the function of sons with the father and those are all ergon those are all how is this supposed to flow and how can it how can it be perfected how can it how can it keep moving in the way god ordained it to be that's what ergon is and you know you know if you look in your lexicon it may say uh, a business but it's going to be a successful business. It's going to be like a well-oiled machine. It's going to be like Chick-fil-A or somebody else that came upon a formula and they said, this is meeting a need. Let's be this and let's be it to the best of our ability. You know, in the airlines, Southwest Airlines has the, they, what they call throughout their corporation the Southwest way. And they, they use that phrase. If anybody gets out of line, well, that's not the Southwest way. Well, we are perfecting the ergon of our Father, and it's done in so many different ways, and um, that's what the good works are. And every one of them requires our investment personally, and that's what attracts people to the Father. That's, that's what attracts people to the Father. See, the other kinds of good works may be designed to attract people to Jesus. And if there are manifestations, you'll have preachers trying to attract people to the Spirit, even though not necessarily the seven spirits, but the Spirit. But you want people to glorify the Father. You begin functioning in the way that He has ordained you to function. And that's the ergon of the good works. And 
That's in our relationship. That's in our study of the word. That's in our intercession. That's in our uh, willingness to obey and to go. Um, all the things that Jesus demonstrated for us. He was the perfect ergon of the Father. But philanthropic things, you know, even throughout Christianity, we want you to see Jesus. And perhaps that is accurate. But Jesus did what he saw his Father in heaven do. Which is an ergonomic thing. Exactly. And, and that's what he did. Yes. And he only did that through that oneness with the Father as he echoed what was happening from the throne. So So I guess everything that God has allowed us as saints to do, which has really been pioneering, wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah. Um, you, you keep abreast of different things that are happening throughout Christianity, and they're good things. There's been great strides forward. But to... To really um, demonstrate what the Father has made us to be and to study about what true sonship is and to study about the mysteries and to study about applying them in our intercession and diversities of tongues and moving before the throne with our Father. Those aren't just experiences and, and serving, even though they are. Those are demonstrations of what we all should be with our Father, and that's the Ergon. So I guess the things that you do, saints, that nobody else sees that are in alignment with this spiritual meat God's given us, somehow in the spirit realm, that is making an impact, and it's it's demonstrating the light, and it's demonstrating the authority God's given us to represent him on earth. And honestly... And we really want to talk what the light is? That's the truth of God. It's the fullness of his ways. It's not necessarily you with a lantern telling people how to miss cracking up their boat on the shore or on a shoal, even though that's a good thing. Of course, I, I, I haven't been out on the coastline with my lantern in a while. But... Um, Everything you do as a son and as a saint in your prayer closet or wherever you are is having an impact in the spirit realm. It is, it is where warfare is being waged by demonstrating the truth, by demonstrating the Father, which is what Jesus came to make possible. And that's, that's the ergon. That's the functionality. Um, it may not be noticed you may not be summoned to the White House. No, but I can tell you that you will stand out. I mean, if if that, because if the light, you know, that light shines from the inside, his spirit is within you, you will stand out. You may not be loved by the world. You may be persecuted for it. But, I mean, if we're called to take light into the darkness we got to carry that light that's from within us and know that as we step into that dark you know if darkness is just the absence of light we step into that and and we can change an atmosphere yeah. it 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 doesn't come without the process yeah 
and the process of forsaking all and and allowing that process of becoming sanctified and made holy and like him it's just it doesn't so there's going to be there's going to be a lot of that you're doing this this and this but I never knew you kind of thing going on I have to believe (laughs) in the days ahead and knowing knowing the father is the essence of function and him knowing you how, how is that again we've talked about this all the time it's not knowing about you but him knowing you and that is where you open yourself to him in the way he created you and you let him come and function in you there and to enjoy that part of you and it, 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 most of most of Christianity, and I know this because I've been a Christian for <laughs> many decades, is surface. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's not your your salvation is. I'm not saying that that's in question. I'm not saying that, but most of the way Christians function is is surface, and they have revival meetings to get people from to repent of all their wicked actions and they come and they have a sob fest and I'm not making light of that but this is just what happens and they say you know I'm going to I'm not, I'm going to stop doing that nasty stuff but that's that surface that's like trimming the tree it has nothing to do with the root no it's like going through the motions and doing and not being yeah we have to be i was having a conversation with somebody just not long ago about kids date you know young people dating and 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 you know the first the first the first question that that would come to my mind if if say my daughter came home and said that she was going to have a date with somebody is is he saved yeah and then i realize that's just kind of a ridiculous question because he can be it goes i guess it comes down to the big debate of once saved always saved but okay so maybe he's saved but is he Christ? you know what i need to be asking is he christ-like is <laughs> because a lot of people profess to be saved. They walk down to the, you know, they walk down to the altar, and I'm not diminishing that experience. I'm just saying you and I both know, over the course of the last 22 years, that that is a beginning point. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, it's one thing. I, it's great if he believes in God, but is he is quite is Christ dwelling in him? Is he Christ-like? Is he? You know what I mean? Yeah. Is he willing to function in the deeper things of the spirit with you? Yeah. Is he truly surrendered? Yeah. Because it's about surrender. You know, and and, gosh, I didn't know any of this when I was 15, 16, 17. None of us did. No. And and uh, the old phrase, youth is wasted on the young. I mean, I, I would counsel somebody, look. I know we're we're prone to see somebody that's attractive and you know you want to be around and get to know them you know it, it's it's a matter of attraction that's just the way of the world I'm not belying any wickedness in me I mean that's just what people do look on TV you know they all telling you how you can look better to attract people um, 
but man you can you can get with somebody who is nice and who's nice easy on the eyes and but they may or may not be inclined at all to be moving in the essence of what God created you to be and it's it's a, it's a shame it it really is a shame because talking to whoever you were having and it does it's not germane to anything who you were talking to this is just a generic I was talking conversation to Olivia. but it's a yeah. generic conversation yeah but i'm sure it would be any parents you know if their kid comes home and we're we're raising up a young generation so these are things that we've got to to be able to have dialogue with them about in uh, their choices how many people did did we see and i can say this as pastor so i'm not saying it to to accuse the pastor i could say this as the pastor did we see who were deeply moving in the things of the spirit and god was touching the deep places of who they were and they got the love jones and split out of that and just surrendered it for somebody listen that was a big part of my conversation <laughs> just i well, mean this was just last night well it's heartbreaking oh i know it i know it's, it's heartbreaking because you you're missing the essence of what god wants to know in you and i guess the very the the least acceptable but it's an acceptable area is that you marry somebody that's willing to let you pursue that and there are a lot of enablers that are divinely commissioned for that and that's great but i can tell you i mean the most the most important thing you can do in your life after you've accepted Jesus as Savior is to do the, the thing that he gave you that salvation for so that you would be redeemed to the Father, that you might know him, and that he might know you. And if, if you become unequally yoked uh, with somebody that may say they love the Lord, you know, and they, I'm sure they do, but you have to walk. You have to walk that existence with God. That's the most precious thing in you that He's given you. You have to walk that alone, and you can do that. And I know James talks about you know the 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 holy conversation of the wife winning the the, the you know the unsaved. And then the thing is, is that if you have a choice entering into it, if you think you're going to change somebody, gee, good luck with that. Oh, I don't well, we've really gone off on some strife and confusion and evil work, and now we're talking about marital counseling. It's not just about marriage, though. It's, yeah. it's about relationship. Yeah. And, and who are you running alongside? And and granted, I mean, we are called to be a light and to take the message, and, and of course, that we will do. And, 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 you know, the famous Jesus hung out with sinners, and, and so, well, but... Did, but he didn't become them. That's exactly right. And be careful who you yoke yourself to, because there's a lot of... The enemy is very crafty, and we've lost a lot of saints in this way. Not mm -hmm. that they married, but that they just became yoked with another belief system or another 
group of people that were popular, you know, or whatever Another it pragma. might be. But it takes me back to what I said in the beginning about sanctification, because to me, sanctification is where he is the only, it, it comes to the point where he and his purpose is the only thing that matters to you. Not what people think of you, not your parents, not your boyfriend, not your husband, you know, not anybody thinks of you. All that matters to you is what he, when he looks inside, what he sees. Right. And so that whole process is so important for the young, for all of us to, to embrace and to, 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 to receive through his grace and to endure that process because we all have to be that way. We can't have our eyes on anyone but him. And, and so, I mean, I'm saying all this to say that this is really where the spirit has led me in what I said earlier about knowing that we are raising up a young generation and we have to be ready and equipped to be able to, to teach things, teach them to apply these foundational things in their life to set a good foundation for them to take this and run with it if they don't have that they will crumble when the pressure comes yeah and so you try to teach somebody about spiritual warfare and all of those other things without that foundation of who you are and who is dwelling in you and who are you going to yoke yourself with it's a responsibility that we have and so i love just the way that the lord has has walked us through it and taught us so powerfully so that we are equipped to be able to just speak these things into them. And I believe it's just going to be by exponential grace that they're going to get it. And, um, yeah, so. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and that, that relationship with the Father and Him knowing you, it, it really empowers all the elements of your spiritual armor you were talking earlier about the breastplate and you know one of the greatest weapons we have in spiritual warfare is is our the breastplate of judgment our righteousness old testament calls it judgment and that's empowered by the father that's empowered by him and there i don't i i can remember certain many times being in as an intercessor uh, in very unique places that the Spirit led me and the opposition would test that breastplate and I remember one time more than once but one time in particular the enemy uh, making a statement to the minions that were around he has a right to be here he can't do anything but that comes from the Father he allows that yeah but but that's what's tested it's almost like your it's like your passport it's like your visa another i'm just saying that from the standpoint of people being able to understand it's it's a right to be there but it only comes from the father yeah that's that's your consulate but it's it's by time spent with him and you know in essence that's the that's what deliverance is all about uh, whether it's deliverance in a terio or a nation or in an individual level and that's what the enemy when he comes back in Jesus words in Luke 11 he comes back and he looks 
and he wants to see if there's been a clean fill and a garnish if if you really are clean and if you are really allowing that filling that that time spent in the father and the garnishing is that empowerment of of what your your identity is those three things is what the enemy looks at so if you're just going about doing drive-by deliverances and you're not causing somebody that's being delivered to to walk in that you're doing them a great disservice the enemy will be back and he will check that and and if you don't if you're not wise in that it's going to be seven times worse according to the words of jesus but it, it has to do with knowing the father your identity your function and your your right to be there which is clean fill and garnish in reverse so but but see as christians why would we settle for somebody that's just clean well they clean up real good or why would we settle for somebody who's just a provider even though that's great you want you want somebody that's clean and somebody that's a provider and somebody that is garnished somebody that is going after god maybe not not competing in passion exercises but somebody that's wanting the father to to know and i think sometimes we as we as people that have known the manifestations of the spirit we judge things off manifestation and it's not a matter of how loud you are or how demonstrative you are it's a matter of god's not in either of those he's in the still small voice manifestations will come off that but if you don't have that you ain't got nothing you ain't got that well boy we've just been around this chit chat time has just taken off and it's it's riding a wave all the way in the coast you know our Floridian folks in the east coast many of them are back at the beach I understand so we we bless them and um, uh, we're uh, we're rejoicing in testimonies of people feeling the healing power of the Lord, and we continue to lay claim to that. And um, we want to remind you that this coming Saturday is first Saturday, so you'll be getting a, a suggestion for a directive of focus um, very soon. And we are um, we're looking forward to um, tomorrow Wednesday night live. Um, we're also reminding you that we're still in the, the 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 remaining days of this seventh month. You know, Robin on her Facebook debut talked about being silent before the Lord and. Um, having this feast of fasting going on let's be faithful to that and sum it up to this seventh month it, it, boy in our nation in the world how necessary has that been wouldn't you agree oh absolutely and is there anything else that we need to remind everybody of no I would just say just press in and stay faithful to the calling that God's given to us 
and intercession and and interpretation and and all the function that you've been talking about amen well there you have it <laughs> another exciting time has come and gone <laughs> I'm so glad we had this time together just to have a laugh well, you mentioned Dave Ramsey early. I'll end with this, or say this before it closes. Um, uh, most of you that are listening know my husband and what manner of uh, financial, financial pragmatism. Yes. So uh, maybe it's probably been about ten years ago. I can't believe it. Maybe somewhere between five and ten years ago, his birthday had come around. And I asked him, I think in a text message, what he wanted for his birthday. And he messaged me back and told me that for his, all he wants for his birthday is he wants me to buy the Dave Ramsey like four audio disc series and listen to it. <laughs> that was his birthday gift from me. <laughs> did you do it? Yes. <laughs> I did. Oh, it's so funny. I still have them downloaded oh, on my phone. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That says a lot about him, and it says a lot about me. <laughs> yeah. Well. But I will say that from that time, we have gotten completely out of debt, and it has paid off. And so I'm thankful for that. Yeah, but blessing of the Lord. <laughs> it was the easiest shopping I ever had to do. Yeah. So Boy. if anybody is interested, I have all those discs. If anybody wants to give Dave Ramsey a listen. I don't know what's happening. We're trying to get the computer up and ready for it's Robin it's to, to move in. Okay, well, thanks for joining us, and we will again be uh, praying for you all. And it's a privilege to be able to partner with you in the work of the saints before our Father. So until tomorrow, Wednesday Night Live, when you hear my voice again, or next week, uh, when you hear us both again, God bless you, and uh, goodbye.